Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Friday, October 7th. We are here live. It's time for an episode of Trucking Technology and Efficiency. It's also a freaky free-for-all Friday. Anything goes. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, pick up the phone and join us. We're opening those phone lines right now. Anything goes, 855 855- Nine five zero three eight three five. I believe we're going to be joined by both John and Joel today, I think. So we'll see what's on their mind. Then we'll find out what's going on with you. Uh, so we'll get to those calls here in just a little bit. Line them up. 855 950 Three five looks like some calls are already starting to come in. Uh, I don't have a lot, so I think we're just gonna jump right in and get started. I think this is Joel. Let me check. Joel, is this you? I am here. All right. I don't know where John is yet. I think we. We heard from him. I think he's supposed to be joining us today, so we'll see. What uh, We'll jump in and get started without him. What's on your mind this week? Well, right off the top of my head here, i just seen a really cool purple Corvette that matches my truck. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. I might have to go take a look at this thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a 92, and it's kind of a blue light special as far as pricing. The price is right, and it's the, it's the exact color purple as my truck, and I'm thinking, might have to pull the trigger. <laughs> there you go. Then, then all you're going to need to do is... Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, then all you'll need to do is find a Harley that color, and you'll be all set. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, it just popped up in my feed this morning. I was like, "Wow, that's pretty cool." And it's yeah. close. Well, yeah. <laughs> go look at it. <laughs> I'm sure Facebook. I'm sure Facebook, oh, sure Facebook mm-hmm. has some crazy algorithm that noticed you keep posting pictures of this purple truck. So now they're going to show you purple everything. I, they had to up because literally it is the identical <laughs> color purple. It's like, there's no way that's coincidence. <laughs> oh, that's scary. So, yeah. yeah. I, have, I yeah. have to go look at it. Yeah. I try not to think about how scary that actually is. But, um, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> it's like that. I shot a picture of it over to John, and he's like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No kidding. So. Uh. Man. Oh shoot! But uh, as far as trucks go, um, I brought my truck back into the shop for a few tweaks after my run out to Salt Lake City, and um, you know, just some minor stuff. We dropped a new gear ratio in it. And oh yeah, <laughs> just minor <laughs> stuff. The a little bit. Major. Major stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so we went from two one six to two oh five. Wow. And so okay. we're now 205 overdrive. Wow. And uh, took her out for a test run, and it goes into overdrive at 73 mile an hour at 1,000 RPM. And, Crazy. Um, which is good for out west. Yeah. The, uh, the direct drive portion of it, um, it, you know, it runs really nice between 58 and, you know, 69 mile an hour. It's uh, 
spot on where where you want the RPM to run. So I, I think this 205 is going to work really, really well for me. Uh, what else do I got going on? My trailer that I have is going in for new brakes. So I think I'm going to run some power only stuff for a week or two. While I'm there you go. getting that all taken care of and, um, you know, just to fart around and get the truck out there and, yeah. and, uh, you know, see what she'll do. Yeah. So I would assume knowing the transmission and the gear ratios that you have on this one, you have no startability issues with low and reverse, even with two Oh fives. No, Right. With that 14 speed with that, you know, it's, it's 38 to one reduction forward, yeah, 42 to one in reverse. Wow. And yeah. I still, that's deep. I could potentially, I could potentially go to 195 with the overdrive. The problem is, is that even out West, you're breaking the speed limit, getting into overdrive. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, we're done at, we are done at 205. It, it, it's not going to go any higher than yeah, that. Cause there you go. 73 is where it drops into overdrive and we're, we're just they, done right there. So, you know, think, it, does. think about it. When you and I started driving, um, 411s, 413s, not uncommon, and 390 was probably the most common gear ratio out there. Yeah, I remember when 355 started to become a thing and guys were just losing their mind. I at know, that, you know, right. the, the same old, same old BS. It'll never go it, up a hill. It won't it, do right. this. It won't do that. And, you know, what's really cool about, pushing this extreme envelope like we're doing here at 205 what this really allows me to do is get into that uh underdrive gear at a more comfortable highway speed so just out cruising at the speeds that i like to drive at at 60 mile an hour i'm at a thousand and twenty five rpm in direct i'm at 800 and roughly 50 in overdrive and I'm at 1350 in underdrive. So I've got a gear that I can do just about anything I want to do. If I'm super heavy and rolling Hills, I can literally cruise it in underdrive on the highway with the torque multiplication. And, you know, it just pulls phenomenally well at that speed. Um, So, you know, we, we, we've seen, We've seen the, you know, the trend towards the downsped powertrain. One of the problems that a lot of the manufacturers kind of face is the drivability issue. They're not geared fast enough so they can actually run those lower gears at highway speed. And so they have programming that kind of forces you into the higher gear. And sometimes that performance in the hills is a little lackluster. Um, we have completely solved that problem with by pushing the gear ratio out and then using those lower gears at faster speeds of the, the performance in the hills is pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, John is going to be joining us here soon. I just heard from Lisa on that. I want to shift to just trucking overall real quick. Um, Matt just sent me a thing. Fuels up 20 cents. It's going up 20 cents a gallon again tonight. And for the week now, will be up 70 cents a gallon. You know, when I watch the news, they're kind of sort of talking about gas prices. They're, you know, California, they never really came down. Theirs has been crazy. OPEC just decided to stop producing as much. Nobody's really talking about diesel prices and 70 cents in a week is insane. Yeah, it it is. And, um, you know, with, 
OPEC going to cut production? Uh, things are going to continue to climb. There's, there's no doubt. So, so you he, know, the guys that really have paid attention to efficiency here, they're going to, they're going to do well um, with the fuel surcharge and whatnot. And the guys, the guys that are not paying attention to efficiency, they're really going to take it on the chin, no doubt. You know, I checked rates. They're still at really 2018 levels. 2018 was a good year. That was not a bad year in trucking at all. And we're at those levels. But there are some other things that are if fleets right now. They have to be worried. Did you see we set a record for truck orders in September? I saw that. So yep, fleets I, I must have that. got stuck in the screwy cycle, couldn't, you know, upgrade their equipment because maybe they couldn't get it. You know, their orders weren't coming in. Now they're replacing trucks because they're getting too old. They had to pay drivers more. I, I, this has got to be tough for them wondering what's going to happen. If, if freight rates come down to, you know, where they've been historically, there are going to be a lot of fleets really struggling. If freight rates don't come back to those numbers, then the rest of us are going to pay for it through inflation. I, no, I, I 100% agree. And, you know, there is a reason why my younger brother is grayer than I am. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, he's, he's man, man. Fleet. And, and we just had this, just had this discussion. And, and, uh, so yeah, it's definitely, um, everybody's kind of watching to see what'll happen, but he has ordered trucks as well. Um, you know, it's just, it's something that the fleets have to do to stay competitive, especially we're going to have the new round of emissions, what, 2024 coming. And, yeah. you know, everybody's kind of gun shy of that. They're, they're thinking, well, we better buy before they come out because who knows what kind of mess that's going to create. Well, and price, um, I personally I mean, think we're going to do just fine, right? Prices. Yeah, yes. It, it seems yep. like every time we do another round of emissions, it just adds $10,000 to the truck. Yeah, another another ten, yeah. fifteen thousand. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you're 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 exactly right. It's across the board. All the OEMs yeah. are gonna are gonna face it. Um, you know, in our discussion that we had, he just doesn't see prices coming back down, freight rates coming down to historical norms. He said, if they do, everybody's gonna be out of business. That I, that's kind of so, what I'm thinking as I watch yeah. this, and I think, well, wait a minute. I don't think they can come down this time. And here's what I've said. I've said this forever, that no matter what happens to freight rates, they will always stay high enough so that somebody can move the freight at a profit. It may get to the point where it's difficult to make a profit, but somebody has to be able to make a profit or we're not moving the freight. And I don't think they're coming down this time. And and what that means, we have to look at the economy then because, you know, trucking touches everything when it comes to the economy. And if these rates stay this high, then inflation isn't coming back down either. Yeah, no, I, I think you're exactly right. We're kind of in a, I don't know if you'd call it a new normal, but uh, freight rates, I, I don't think that they're going to come you know, much lower than what we're seeing now. You know, I, I have never really played in the power only market in, in the past. And, uh, so, you know, I, I'm going to have my trailer in for service. I said, Hey, I ain't going to set and wait on it. Let's do some power only yeah, go out there and play. And, and rates were too bad. I know. Looking at that going, yeah. You know what? You know, a lot of guys are complaining about rates and here we are power only. And, you know, some of it was ridiculous, but if you look just a little bit, you could find some, fairly decent stuff and uh 
so um, it's going to be interesting to play in this for a couple of weeks just yeah. to see what happens. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'll, and, and I'll report back to you what we find. But uh, it definitely um, was a little surprising for me that some of the rates were as as, uh, as good as what they were. I mean, some of this power only stuff was plus three bucks a mile. I know so, it's, that's it's not too awful bad. Yeah. Well, you're you yeah. know what you know, historically what you've been able to make with one truck, one good driver, you know what those numbers are. I'm going to give you some Mm -hmm. numbers that Matt called in with yesterday. And Mm -hmm. if I didn't know him, if I didn't know what was going on, this would have been one of those hilarious phone calls. I would have been screaming bullshit. You're, you're lying. I mean, I I just, the the numbers are (laughs) hard to fathom. Now here's the thing. And I talked about this. Matt has been doing everything you can do to improve your business for years now. Everything. He works on the revenue side. Mm-hmm. He works on the customer side. He works on the expense side. His fuel mileage is excellent. His maintenance costs are incredibly low. I mean, he, he I just, I even mm-hmm. said, I doubt that there's anything more you could do to improve this. I just don't know that there would be anything left to do. He's got good customers. He's, he's still getting great rates. But we went over his numbers yesterday through the end of September. So he's got another quarter left. His profit, mm-hmm. profit, after all expenses, everything taken out, he was north of $250,000. Nice. That's insane. Nice. I, that's just, and he's got yeah. a quarter left. And yeah. this is this is the year where the rates started going down. <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah, (laughs) that's crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Um, So, like, that's great to hear, though, and and that's kind of what I'm just seeing initially. If a guy's motivated and he wants to, he wants to make some money. It's there to be made. Um, And you hear these guys crying about rates just nonstop, and I'm kind of scratching my head a little bit here. Yeah. I, you, you, can, you can still do very well with, with what's out there. There's no question about it. So um, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, to jumping in here and getting this truck moving. And, you know, not just for the fuel efficiency part of it, but we'll, we'll see what we can do with, with rates. And yeah. I'm going to run a little bit of everything, really. We're going to do some power only. I may do some, some tanker work, a little bit of reefer work. That being sounds a like demonstration fun. truck as yeah. well. You know, yeah, yeah. I want to get out there and hit a little bit of everything. Won't be doing any heavy haul with it because I, I know I'll get that. <laughs> truck is truck is not not spec to do anything heavy haul with the ratio that's in it right now. We are limited to eighty thousand pounds. There you so, go. Um, it's... If it's eighty thousand and under, and hey, listen, I always get these guys that say, "Hey, come and hook up to my trailer and do that." I. I I just may do that. There if somebody go. hits That's me up right. and says, yeah. hey, "Hey, hook up my trailer," I, I, okay. I, I, I may be able to arrange that. So, if you got guys that uh, you know want a, a real live demonstration, we'll see what we can do on that end too. There, I love that. And here's the other thing that will be really cool since you document all this, and it, we'll be able to see, and, and it will be limited, but we'll be able to see some differences with different trailers and different equipment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we won't be optimal, obviously, pulling a tanker with a with a high roof sleeper. But you know what? We're going to give her a shot anyway, and and uh, uh, see what happens, and see what we can do to 
you know, overcome a less than optimal spec just through, you know, driver skill and, and, you know, paying attention to what's going on. But, uh, uh, this is to me, is going to be fun. It's something that I've wanted to do for a very long time. Um, I, you know, I, I definitely want to get out around your, your area, uh, as soon as I can get out there. Um, or if you're on the road, maybe we could meet up somewhere. Cause I got to put your ass in the seat. There you we gotta go. Drive this thing. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, especially with the 205 in it, I think you'll get a kick out of it. Yeah, um, yeah, that's. And for I want to sure. see about getting getting up the over to Bruce's here now that I've got uh, I've got my own truck where I don't have to worry about you know meeting the revenue schedule with Ploger as tight as what we were. Right. Um, I've got a little bit more freedom to do some things as a as a demonstration truck. So uh, we are going to be running some real freight with it, but um, I'm also going to be doing some some demonstrations so uh looking forward to all this that's excellent yeah that is um i don't see john yet uh but the calls are starting to pile up do you have anything else you want to go over or should we start taking some calls let's take some calls all right let's get started in delaware jay welcome to the program Hey, how you doing, Kevin? Uh, appreciate everything you do for us. I've been listening for quite a few years. Um, I had a question for you. The um, book, I believe you recommended it again last week, Who Moved the Cheese? Yeah. Or Who Moved My Cheese? Yeah. I think I've heard you mention it a few times before, and I never, I forgot about it, didn't download it. I downloaded it and listened to it last week. And I was wondering if you have ever listened to his second book, Peaks and Valleys. No, I haven't. Didn't even know. It yeah, existed. he has another. Uh, yeah, when I was on Audible downloading that, I saw he had another one called Peaks and Valleys. So I also listened to that, and um, that was interesting as well. Okay. It took him years to write that one as, as well as um, Move My Cheese. Okay, good. I'll grab that one. Okay, that's all I had. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for everything. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Always like book recommendations. Okay. I just. Uh, Oh, shoot. I, hey, uh, Lisa, I just hit the wrong call and I dropped uh, Joel. So if he's if he's calling back, oh, he, I think he's already uh, he's already dialing. All right. We'll, we'll get him back. That was that was operator error there. We'll. Uh, all right. There he is. We'll have him back here in just a second. So I will go ahead and bring in the next call in Ohio. Herschel, welcome to the program. Well, what do you say, guys? How you doing today? Good, good. We we've got we've got Joel back. Hey, Joel, sorry about that. I uh, I kicked you out. <laughs> I figured you, you hit the wrong button or something. <laughs> I, know, I know it's Friday. I'm tired. Um, I hit the wrong button, so we've got you back, Herschel. What's on your mind? Well, I went and did a thing about a week and a half ago. I went and drove a Volvo. I probably shouldn't have did because I spent money after I did it. Uh-oh. Did you buy one? Uh-oh. <laughs> I did. That's exciting. I did. I bought All right. Well, the guy, the guy I bought it off of, he's a fleet. He's got 50 trucks, all Volvo. He has three freight liners, and he says, I just buy them to keep Volvo honest, just to mess with them. <laughs> So he has two guys. Yeah, he really did tell me that. 
he has two guys in his shop that are Volvo certified, trained the whole nine yards. He has all the Volvo software. He will work on my truck, give me diagnostics at no charge because I'm buying his truck. And I, I, just, I couldn't pass it up. I just couldn't pass it up. So I don't have to deal with Volvo and their wonky service. You know how that goes, Kevin? Uh, no, that's awesome. Um, uh, yeah, this is exciting. Oh, my God. I have never driven a truck like this one. <laughs> I've driven them all. I started in a 1981 cab over Freightliner. Remember the ones where the cab was cocked sideways and it looked like maybe the mounts were broken? That's what I started in. Yep. Remember that well. <laughs> so anyway. And they're yeah. done that. Yeah. 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 yeah this one is a. 190-inch uh, wheelbase with spring ride. I don't know if this one was that long. I think the steering and drive tires rubbed each other if you turn too short. Oh, what a piece of junk. Yeah, yeah. We, we've come a long oh, way. This one is a, uh, oh, my God. It's a 2018 uh, VNL 64T670. It does have the D13, 455, 12-speed I-shift, 264 ratio, and it's the one that Joel used to brag about until he got his new one, the XE package. Yeah. So, Correct. Yeah, that, oh. that is XE, yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, they told me when I got it for oil change, they used T5 semi-synthetic Rotella at 30,000 mile interval. Is that correct? That's the first one. Well, you, you can change it. The oil's just fine. My brother runs a semi-synthetic also. Um, now, we used to change exclusively based on oil sampling. And then over the years, what we've learned is the majority of our samples, you know, we need to change at a specific time. So we're at 66,000 miles in my brother's operation works just fine for my truck individually, I'm going to go strictly by oil sampling because I know I can get out much, much further than 66,000 miles. Um, I am sure that you could double that oil change interval with no problem at all, but I, I would start oil sampling and see how far it takes you. Yeah, I, I agree. 30,000 okay. is um, so conservative. Uh, you could easily double that without any kind of bypass filtration. and. It, <laughs> If you're going right. to use that, that engine, t- go ahead. Mm-hmm. That engine does have a bypass filter on it from the factory. Right. Um, it's not any type of extreme micron rating, but I think it gets you down in that two to three micron range on the factory bypass. Here's what I can tell you. We have been running Volvo power since 2006, I think, or seven. Um, you know, well over a hundred trucks, um, we've owned in that time. We have done extended oil changes since day one, and we have never had to do an overhaul. We have never had to do the bottom end. Um, we, we just never had a, a lubrication issue period end of story. So 30,000 is extremely conservative on that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, 
you can change it at that. It's obviously it's not going to hurt anything, but uh, you can definitely get out there further. Uh, I would start oil sampling uh, ASAP on it and um, do what your oil samples tell you to do. All right. I think the first time I'm just going to do is 30 and then sample it at that time and see what it does. That makes sense. Because yeah. I don't have the I don't have the OPS on this thing, so I'll just do it out of the pan and see what it does. Yeah, no, it's a, it, gotcha. that'll give um, you a baseline. This one with the 264. Now, you know, I well, maybe you don't know. I live in Ohio. I go from Columbus down into West Virginia and back to Columbus. Mm-hmm. So it's 60 miles an hour is what I always drove in my other truck. This one here, the guys tell me the 65 is its sweet spot take that for what it is we all know the faster you go the worse it gets Mm -hmm. if i stay at 60 miles an hour that puts me in 11th which i'm pretty sure is direct and that puts me at 13 right about 13 1275 Mm -hmm. if i let it go to 61 or 62 that'll put me into 12th gear and then drops me down to about 1050 but to me, it just feels like it's lugging a little bit if you don't keep it up to at least 62 or 3. Am I crazy, too old school thinking? What's your opinion no. efficiency-wise at those speeds and gears? Yeah, you have a VGT engine, um, which is not as strong on the low side as the TC. They're both D13s, but you have a variable geometry turbocharger on there. And... Um, you're not quite as strong down low. So what you're feeling at 60 and overdrive is, is spot on at 1050. It will run, but it may not feel right to you being an old school driver. So running that 62 or 63 to, to bring your RPM up just a pinch, um, it's not going to hurt a damn thing. Uh, here is the deal with the Volvo setup of the overdrive and why you see Volvo pushing overdrive more than direct drive. You know, we've always, always been taught it's more efficient to run in direct drive. And when we say that, what we really mean is the power transfer through the transmission is more efficient. And when we were running the, the fuller, the old manuals, and I get guys that scream at me every time I say this, but it is absolutely true that dual counter shaft transmission with the, the two auxiliary shafts in the back does not transfer power as efficient as the single counter shaft I shift. So it was true if you have a, a dual counter shaft transmission that you want to try to keep it in direct with the single counter shaft transmission, you're only losing about a percent in efficiency, but the RPM drop in the engine is around 3%. So you actually run in an overdrive. You do come out ahead, but you are running a little bit faster speed. So what I think you're going to find, it's going to be a wash really, you can run in either one, whichever one makes you more comfortable, run it. Don't, with the I-shift and the Volvo power, don't get hung up on, I have to be in direct because it, it, it does not work that way. There are some efficiencies in that transmission that you don't see in the old school trucks. And you can run in either gear and you're going to be just fine. Hey, Joe, you know what's funny about this okay, whole issue? So that, 
Mm-hmm. So y- you and I have probably spent the last 25 or 30 years trying to convince people that running indirect <laughs> is really efficient, and we never got the idea across, <laughs> and now it's disappearing. It- it's like we never we yeah. never got anybody to understand that, and now it's it's gone. It's not an issue anymore. Uh, right. Yeah. No, you're, you're exactly right. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. Yeah. We, we banging our heads on the wall saying, run this thing in direct, run it in direct. And it, now you, you really don't have to. Right. And now we're just saying, oh, oh just forget it. Power, yeah. doesn't matter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Now, if the truck is geared to hit the exact sweet spot, by all means, use direct yes, when, when right. you can. But right. in this instance right here, should I run 58 in direct or 62 in overdrive? You know what? It's not going to, it's not going to make much difference. You obviously, because you're going faster, you're going to use more fuel based on the speed, the energy to overcome all the parasitic drag. But as far as the, you know, the grams per hour and efficiency in the engine, yada, 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 the slower the piston speed, the more efficient it's going to be. Um, you know, you get into a whole bunch of technical bullshit here that we don't want to put everybody to sleep on, but it, um, you're, you're fine in either gear. It's the best way to put it with that, with that setup. Um, run it wherever you feel most comfortable. You're going to be just fine as your speed starts to increase. If you're running 70, obviously it's going to kick into overdrive and, and it should at that speed to keep your, keep your piston speed low. But, um, between that six, uh, 58 and 63, you can use either gear. Okay. Um, what would you expect as a guesstimation? I, I do railroad containers, 20 footers, empty half the time when I am loaded going down. I have the loads in the 38 to 40,000 pound range. What do you want to guess I might expect for MPG average? You got any guess? Because I filled it up last week and I haven't had to fill it up yet, so I don't know yet. Yeah, that's pretty ugly aerodynamically, but I, I'm, I'm going to guess right off the top of my head that eight's going to come pretty easy for you. Um, oh, you know, I don't, oh, know, nice. I don't know where you were right. previously, but, uh, I think you should get there. If you don't get crazy with the speed, now you are aerodynamically ugly. So, yes, you are. um, speed oh, is yeah. going to have a, is going to have a huge impact on that. So, um, if you're running closer to the 62, you may be in the mid sevens. If you're running closer to the 58, you're maybe just a step over eight. So, um, yeah, knowing that you're running 20 foot awesome. containers, yeah, really pay attention to that speed. And that's, that's going to push that fuel economy number all over the place. So I, I, well, I think I'm going to do better because. I was just going to say that a, a stretch goal on a truck like this would be trying to get to 8.5. Eight and a half, I think, would be a stretch. I think eight, certainly doable. That last, you know, getting to the mid-eights, I think it's possible, but you're going to have to work at it a bit. Yeah, the one that I had previous was a Columbia mid-roof with a 244-inch wheelbase, so it was long for a Columbia. And I I got six eight seven out of it sometimes, but generally I was in the 6.6 six or 6.8 six range all the time. And that was 60 miles an hour with a 279 driving in direct. So this one at 264, yeah, should be better. You know, I have awesome. had a that'll whole, make part of my payment. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I have had a whole a whole slew of guys here lately that have come out of um, Freightliner gliders. I, I Columbia, 
I don't know if they're Columbia's or what's the what's their longer nose that's kind of aerodynamic. Um, Coronado. Coronados. Yeah. They came out of Coronados, and they were built with 60 series Detroit's 13 speeds, and they they had the 264s geared to run in direct. And what we're finding when we go to the new Volvos, we're just about a mile a gallon better than what those trucks were were running. The guys that have have specced them, and the one guy that ran a Conestoga, he's up two miles a gallon over the 60 series with the, the 13 speed and the 264 to run indirect. So, you know, they're, they're kind of loving life. You're, I think you're definitely going to be better than what the, the Freightliner was. Definitely um, let us know how you do. Um, you know, if, if you're not significantly better, there may be some parameter things we can do to, to bump your truck around a little bit and, and help to optimize it for what you're doing. But I, I would guess out of the box, you're probably going to be in that eight mile gallon range. Okay. Joel, uh, I see you talk about two last things. I see you talk about cetane booster from hot shot secret, that everyday cetane booster. And then you talk about the air dog. Can you tell me would either, would both or either one of those benefit this truck and how? Yes, both of them will. So when you look at the CTANE requirement for Volvo, and they used to publish this, and I have not been able to find an updated um, uh, notice on this, Volvo recommended 47 CTANE minimum. And when you go to the pump, it tells you it's 40. You know what I mean? So CTANE um, is going to help that truck develop torque down low. Um, where you're thinking it feels a little bit weak right now, uh, you may dump some cetane booster in there and um, you may say, wow, I, I can really feel the difference. I would suspect that you will. Um, the air dog, what the air dog does, and I'll try to keep this short, um, your fuel pump is a mechanical fuel pump that's on the truck right now. And all mechanical fuel pumps have a range, uh, a speed range where they're most efficient in terms of RPM. So what we have found through some dyno testing is when you're running at the lower RPM is where the air dog has the biggest impact. Essentially that electric feeder pump is, you know, kind of supercharging your mechanical pump when you're at lower RPM where it may not be quite as efficient especially if it gets a few miles on it. So I have put air dogs on four or five test vehicles. Uh, Jamie Hague, and he runs them on his entire fleet, and he, he runs Max, which, you know, same thing basically. Um, it's a very noticeable difference at low RPM. So if you're looking to really leverage the benefits of that XE package and get it into overdrive and keep the RPM low, um, both that cetane and the, the air dog are going to, are going to help you. There's, there's no doubt about it. You're going to have some guys that are skeptical when you want to put the air dog on. I was one of those guys. I said, there's no way in hell this is going to do anything. Um, and I put it on and I was like, holy shit. I mean, it was very noticeable to me and it took me about a year and a half to really research it and understand exactly what was going on and, and why the improvement is there. Um, you know, since then I have talked to multiple engineers off the record 
Um, they won't officially comment on the record, but off the record, they kind of all shake their head. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, none of the OEMs will, will put a system like this on simply because it has not been emissions tested. Um, it is very, very expensive for the OEM to do a EPA emission certification. And so that's not something that, hey, bring that part in and we'll get that certified quick. It doesn't happen that way. It takes a long time. They've got a budget well in advance for it. And in the case of Volvo, you know, they got multiple other projects going on. They just cannot, you know, drop that into the system and say, hey, test this. It doesn't work that way. We have done, our, our AirDog has done some independent testing at Ohio State, the Center for Automotive Excellence. And it does help with NOx. Um, the particulate itself stayed relatively the same, I believe, but they're, they're testing on their dyno um, and they do a, a different type of dyno. It actually simulates a route that the truck travels. And I don't know, they got, AirDog has it available on their website if you want to look at the report. It's, it's a pretty lengthy report, but they definitely saw the fuel efficiency bump and the reduction in NOx. And so there's not a problem with, hey, you put that on, it's going to screw up your emission system or anything like that. So the product that you use for the Cetane Boost, I'm pretty sure it's Hot Shot Secret. Can you tell me that is, which product that is, it is so I can know I get the correct one and do I just follow the bottle for dosage? So, yes, you do. Um, I use everyday treatment every day, and there is a performance dose that they recommend, and I don't remember what it is right off the top of my head, but follow the bottle on the EDT. And then every 10, 15,000 miles right in that area, I will dump a, uh, a bottle of the diesel extreme in it, which just really kind of kicks the detergents and stuff up because we want to make sure those injector nozzles stay very clean or the tips. And, you know, that, that does a very good job at keeping things clean underneath. Um, the guys out at Mesilla Valley, that testing arm, they had a product in there. It, it was not Hot Shot Secret, but a very similar product. And they put it under an electron microscope, them injector nozzles, and it is amazing the difference when you run that stuff, um, how it keeps the, the, the tips opened and keeps things clean. So um, I just see it as, as a maintenance thing. Um, number one, we get to the cetane level that Volvo recommends, and cetane works exactly the opposite of octane octane slows the burn down cetane speeds the burn up um i prefer cetane to other ways of doing it simply because we leave no residue in the oil it's just a a, a clean burn and that's why i prefer cetane but um there's other products out there that work i have used primrose in the past and it, it worked well i have used um Oh, the stuff in the gray bottle that said all oh, the power service. It's worked well. Power service. Um, yes. So cetane isn't a thing that only one company can do. My suggestion to you is um, look at the dosage and, you know, figure out your cost on it and, and go with what's cheapest because <laughs> cetane works universally. If it's got cetane in it, it's going to work. Um, you just need to know the levels and what it's going to cost you per dose that they're recommending and, and try it out. My personal preference is for Hot Shot Secret. Uh, the biggest reason being is they have 
excellent customer service. Um, and when I was working with my brother's fleet, that was very important for us. Um, he buys diesel fuel treatment in 275 gallon totes. And, you know, we, we treat everything. He treats his big yard tank out there with it. And we just need to make sure if we do have a problem, they'll send a guy up, a chemist that will, you know, check out everything and tell us exactly what's going on. We really haven't had issues with it. Uh, one time we got a big old load of biodiesel that we weren't supposed to in the middle of January and it caused us some fits, but they were able to correct that in short order. Um, so, you know, look at what's cheap and um, what has the cetane level that we're, that you're looking for. It'll tell you how many points it'll boost cetane level. And uh, um, I would definitely try it. I, I think you'll notice a difference. So that all being said, I've heard you talk, not necessarily negatively, but I don't even know if critical would be the right word. You are not a fan of the max mileage catalyst in these engines. Here's what, here's what I will tell you. Um, I ran it for a short period. I personally saw no bump from it. Um, I, it, but you know, we, we've got treated fuel that we were already running. So I, a lot of people see a benefit from it. I, I did not see that. So I am not, I don't want to say that I'm super critical of it either. Um, try it yourself and see if it works for you. If it does, you know, uh, absolutely. If something works, run it. Uh, that's, that's what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Results it, it, it are just, what matter. It, it did not work yeah. for me in my right. upper. You're right. exactly right. And right. If, if you put that in and it works for you, awesome. Um, run it. Well, I, but just, I can tell you. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, just keep an eye on, on you know, what you do and, um, you know, figure your cost out on it. That's the big thing. It's the cost. Look right. at the cost on everything. And um, I would try several different products. Don't take my word for nothing. You know, um, I, I'll tell you what works for me. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. Do not be afraid to try different things as long as you're tracking your mileage close and, you know, you understand how to how to analyze your data. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Joel, I'm glad you said that last sentence. And let's throw that in. Try things that at least have a chance of working. Based on everything we know about fuel economy, we know all the things you have to affect to be able to improve fuel economy. So if there's a reasonable chance that might happen, absolutely try it. Then there's the stupid stuff that you should never try. Printed circuit boards that you stick on the outside of your fuel tank. You know, all those <laughs> magnets. And, yeah, all, all the goofy stuff that we can't really look at and say, oh, yeah, here's why that should work. But in, you know, in this case, Joel, talking about the C-Tank, well, we know why that should work. There, there's a reasonable explanation as to why that works. Does it mean it works in every truck every time? Absolutely not. Nothing does. That's why our, our number has kind of been, if we're going to do a formal test of something, 70%. Uh, uh, it's kind of my number. If I get a result out of 70% of the trucks we try, then something good is happening there. That's not a fluke. But 50%, sometimes it is a fluke. It's just that hard to test sometimes. Well, I know that yeah. uh, my Freightliner, it has a 14-liter 
Series 60 that was repaired. Um, but when you started that truck before, it was kind of lackadaisical, if that makes sense. It cracked and fire. I've been a believer in the catalyst and have been using it for, oh, man, a couple of years probably, isn't it? So that thing you see, boom, right now, it's right now. It, I swear it was smoother and quieter, and I don't really think that it was placebo. I really don't. I really believe it was there. So take it for so, what it is. A, a couple of things on this real quick, Kevin, uh, if, if you got a second. So, you know, when we, we talk about the architecture of, of the engines and the one thing that happened with the 60 series, I think when they got out to that bigger displacement is the, the stroke, I believe, changed. Right. And so when that stroke gets, gets really long, you start to get that variation in piston speed throughout the stroke. So this really makes sense to me when we start to talk about the catalyst and the way Bruce describes that it, it you know, it, it speeds up the burn on this. If you've got that very fast uh, piston speed away from top dead center, I would think that something like Catalyst would be just custom made for those engines that have the right. longer stroke with the shorting connecting rods and that very fast acceleration away from top dead center. To me, that really starts to make sense on why guys say exactly what you're saying, man, this Catalyst is great, and why I didn't see much. I'm running very low piston speed, short stroke, long connecting rod, very consistent. I just didn't need that accelerated burn because I had a different piston speed going on there. So that does make sense to me uh, when, when guys say that, you know, and this is a great reason, even though, you know, I didn't see results with it. It doesn't mean it's not happening. Hey, Herschel, you know, one of of the things I would do with this, with this truck, um, you've had a good experience with the catalyst and that's awesome. That can also kind of cloud your thinking and judgment around it. I, I would do a pretty formal kind of test almost. In fact, I might tie it to your first oil change and oil sample. I would run this truck for whatever. If you're going to go to 40000 to do a sample and, and check it, I would also not run the catalyst for at least that long. So you start to get a good feel of how this truck runs under different conditions. You can get some fuel mileage numbers in, then make the change. I I wouldn't do it while the truck is still really new to you because you may not really notice what's happening. Okay, so Joe, and I swear I'll leave you alone after this last question because this is driving me nuts. (laughs) On the Volvo, they are the only... Class 8 tractor I have ever seen on the rear shock mounts. The bottom mounts where it mounts, like all trucks. But the top, the way the bracket's made, has a top Mm -hmm. hole and a bottom hole. Mm -hmm. These ones are in the top hole. Why Mm -hmm. two holes? And is there supposed to be an advantage one way or the other? I've never heard that that anywhere. (laughs) You're in the correct position for your application that particular bracket i think is used on multiple suspensions and when you get into some of these uh, vocational suspensions that have longer travel i think that's why it goes in the bottom hole so i was just wondering why why do they do that (laughs) (laughs) you are set up commonality on part it's just cheaper to make one part that fits 
you know, fits all the different suspensions, so it makes sense. It, it's like a wastegated okay, turbo. Cool guys, I'll leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. I got one on them, I think, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good uh, good weekend. I'll let somebody else in. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for Thanks. the call. Congratulations on that. That's exciting. Um, uh, Joel, you, you'll, you'll get this. I mean, come on. This was a, uh, a Columbia glider. He struggled with this engine on this one. I think this is one of those engines that should have never been rebuilt. But it's a Columbia. Um, mm-hmm. going from that mm-hmm. to a new Volvo, what a change. I mean, in everyday comfort, yeah, yeah, forget everything absolutely. else. Everyday comfort is just night and day. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I, I think he's going to have good luck with this. If, uh, you know, he gets into any problems, I'll do what I can to help him out. But, uh, as long as he has the parameters, even halfway close, he should be an eight mile gallon truck in that application at those speeds. So. There you go. Keep her fingers crossed for him. There you go. Good stuff. All right. We're uh, we're going to grab some more calls. Let's go to Stephen in Georgia. Welcome. Hey, Kevin. Uh, thanks for taking my call and, and appreciate everything you guys uh, do for us. Hey, um, hey, hey Stephen. Stephen. Yes, sir. Do you mind if I brag on yes. you a little bit? <laughs> uh, yes, sir. Hey, okay. Joel, this is one of my favorite stories. Steven's been around with us for a long mm-hmm. time. The first time he called me, he was in a lease purchase. He heard me talking about lease purchases and what a bad idea it was and why. And, you know, so he called me and I said, well, are, are you making any money? And he said, well, I don't know. So I said, well, that's the first thing we have to figure out. So we got his numbers together. Um, you may or may not be shocked by this number. You, you, you are and you're not because you know, but he was taking home 13 cents a mile. Uh, you know what? I, I have seen guys in yeah. situations. Working so, his uh, ass off. It is shocking off, to right. hear. Yes, you're working <laughs> your ass off and you're not yeah. making you're not making shit. So, no, I, I get it. Yep. So we, we started working with him, but he did all the work. Um Stephen, describe your operation now. Um, well, right now I do have my own authority, and, and again, I do work a lot less than what I did back <laughs> way back then. And and you know, just right now, my profit is sitting at my profit is sitting at a dollar and twenty cent a mile right now. <laughs> wow, nice. That is nice. Oh, that is like nice. a that is like an eight time increase in profit eight or nine times that's insane uh, yeah that's what i was just gonna say yeah. times better than yeah. what you were so, <laughs> no that is awesome and congr- congratulations and, on and, that because i i know the work that you put in i mean even when you were still in the lease purchase it, it does i mean it just consumes you and you're working all the time and you're you're I've watched guys struggle with that. I've, I've watched guys get divorced over it. I've watched you no know, families dissolve. I watched guys health deteriorate. So, you know, in, in a sense, understanding your numbers is healthy for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, not just financially. Um, it's healthy for the family and it's, it's healthy for, for yourself period. So congratulations. Well, that's the only, that's the only thing that got me through that lease program is knowing my numbers. And by me knowing the numbers, I can kind of, you know, it helped me control my costs and what I need to do and strategize a plan to get out of that lease. 
And um, once I got out of the lease, um, I was able to go over to Landstar and work with them two years. And after working with Landstar for two years, that's when I got my own authority and been been up under my own authority now a little over six years now. Awesome. I just love that story. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, so do I. That that's great to hear. <laughs> yeah. Um what I did, Kevin, I sent you over an oil sample and um, I sent it uh, uh sample at lacetruck.com. I don't know if you got it yep. or not. Yep, I've got it here in front of me. Yeah. Um I uh it's uh, you know, the the kind of get uh you know, it's a DD-15 2009 DD-15. I got 1.2 million miles on the engine. Um, and I'm noticing my fuel dilution went up and my soot. Yep. Is, is, is yeah, sort of so a couple things. How many miles are on the injectors in this truck? Oh, let's see. I had them redone back in 2016 so oh boy might be time maybe about yeah might be time um when was the last time the overhead was set um last year i'd get it in and get the overhead set before we do anything else let let's get the overhead set and run one more you know sample about twenty thousand miles like you did on this one and let's see what happens. You know, the the fuel dilution being at 3.6, if I didn't see your history, that wouldn't bother me at all. But your history is really low. Uh, we don't even mm-hmm. think about doing something about fuel dilution until it goes over four. So you're, if that's mm-hmm. all we were dealing with, but your soot went up at the same time, this engine is really sensitive to that overhead set. When it gets out, we start to see these kind of weird numbers. Let's try that first. It, it's due anyway. Um, and, you know, you're at okay. 1.2 million miles. Not a bad idea just to be looking in there anyway. What uh, I, I probably okay. know the answer here. Um, what's your oil consumption like? Probably not much, right? Um, maybe like a gallon every 12,000 miles yeah, or something okay. like that. So we do have some. Um yeah, I, I think it's time. Let's let's uh, let's take a look at the top end, get that all set right, see what happens. Um, if that doesn't improve things, then we're probably looking at injectors. Okay, I got you. They they must have recalibrated the uh, uh, the oil sample machine because I'm noticing on my iron. Um, on my last sample, it was flagged at a level one, but this time it wasn't flagged at all. It, it's, yeah, they're, how they flag things is pretty screwy. The mileage has an impact and the mileage on the oil has an impact. So they didn't change anything about their algorithm, but it, you're right. It actually went up a little bit. It was flagged before, but now it's not flagged, but that's because of the circumstances. That's the, all the miles that are on it. It kind of just bumped you out of that, um, you know, level one back to a zero. No big deal either way. Um, are you noticing any changes in emissions? Is this truck regening more often? Or are you noticing any difference around that? 
Yeah, I've been noticing that it's been um, regening a little bit more than what it should re- regen. I almost wonder um, if it's time to do a DPF cleaning. That could be a poss- possibility also, yeah. Yeah, that, that could cause the same, not so much the fuel dilution, but the soot. And I'm not as concerned about the fuel dilution anyway. Um, so we might they should be able to pull him a, a pressure differential right. uh, reading off that DPF. That's and, what I would um, check. I, I don't know where, yeah, I don't know where freight liners, uh, you know, their, their trigger value is to say, Hey, this needs to come off. But I would definitely see if you can get that, that, uh, that reading on a Volvo. I, I know what the factory likes. We like to do it a little earlier. We, we like to see, I think, 0.75 on the restriction versus one. Yeah. And uh, we'll pull ours off or we, we start to see some of the things that you're seeing. So, yeah, definitely check that. Yep. Yeah. But the, the problem with that is I, I know that I was going to soon need another uh, filter on that thing. The problem I'm running into trying to find one to go on there. You know, um, it, it, do, been, you, do you go to Pittsburgh Power? Um. No, I don't go to Pittsburgh Power, but it's not a problem to make a trip up there. You know, they have the the DPF cleaning station there, and they do the most thorough job I have ever seen. That thing gets inspected mm-hmm. 10 different ways. Everything on the DPF gets tested. Uh, if it can be cleaned, it gets cleaned. I, I'd run it by them. They, they'll tell you exactly whether or not it needs okay. it, whether it's going to make any difference or not, and then whatever it needs, they'll be able to do. Okay. All right. I and will do that. And while, um, while you're there, it's a good place to get the overhead done. You know, it's going to get done right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I will schedule it there to, to have have them to uh, go into it and get it done. Um, I was looking at the the base number um, back in November. Whenever the base was was low, I put a ball of the uh, Hotshot Secret TBN in. Good. In it. And my base, you know, that, and just that one ball made a big difference in my base. Yeah. That'd in that be perfect. Area. Yep. Yeah. And that you're all set. So let's, uh, let's just see if all we right. can figure out I, why, why these numbers are starting to climb a bit. Okay. Hey, I really do appreciate you taking my call and good talking with you again, Kevin. Yep. Good to hear from you. Let's uh, let's head off to Texas this time. Rusty, welcome to the program. Hey guys, uh, how are y'all today? Good. Sounds like what you're doing we, good. Yeah. What can we help you with? Um, I'm uh, starting to think about a new truck, and um, I had some questions about the Mac versus the Volvo package when you buy one or the other are you buying the same same thing with a different name on it or is there specific things like does the mac have the tc in their line or yes the mac has a tc engine the engine mechanically they're essentially identical um they offer the same options on the transmissions and and the the axles um, where you start to see a little bit of differences, Volvo has a little bit more technology inside the cab 
and they offer a few more parameters um, that you can set. And when it comes to the new IC, um, I think Volvo has a map-based version of IC, so the truck already knows what's up ahead of it, um, where with the Mac, you actually have to run the route and it has to learn the route first. Um, so that's, that's the big differences. Essentially though, you're getting a very, very similar, similar truck. So in the Volvo, you, you, you say you need to order it as an iTorque. Is that right? Volvo's iTorque, um, that gets you the, the aggressively downsped axle ratios. I am not sure what Mac is calling their version of that today. Um, I'm assuming you could probably go into a Mac dealer and say you want Volvo's version of the iTorque and they, they can probably figure it out for you. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's the, the iTorque is that gets you the TC. It gets you the transmission with the deeper reduction. Um, you know, and if you're really serious about the fuel efficiency, then you want to add, you know, like an adaptive loading, the six by two package and, and, uh, that'll get you some even more efficiency. With that, so my operation is about 95% highway mm-hmm. and 5% off-road uh, field loading, you know, but that's mm-hmm. a, I mean, that's a pretty important 5% sometimes mm-hmm. getting things started, you know, a big load in, in sandy conditions and whatnot. Would that six by two work in that application? If you're getting into soft ground, I would not recommend a six by two. Um, if you were telling me you were getting off road, but it was hard packed, um, I would be comfortable with it. But if you're getting into any type of sand or anything, you need to stick with a six by four. Definitely. Okay. But I can still get the, the rest of the package. The yeah. Same, same transmission yep. stuff and, and, ra- and ratios. Yep. yep. Now okay. there is a, um, an option for the guys right now, the 14 speed, well, a lot of the owner operators want that 14 speed with iTorque and it has not been officially released with a 14 speed yet. The 13 speed iTorque is obviously available. Um, that's what my brother runs in his fleets and the startability is, is really good. If you're getting off road and you're getting into the softer, um, terrain and uh you think you may need more reduction uh there is a ship package available called comprehensive and you will have the same rear axle ratio everything will be the same except for the ship logic the 14 speed my understanding is approved with the comprehensive ship logic that's basically what i started with a couple years ago so they have some experience with it and so everything's been approved um so if you really want that deep, deep reduction for that 5% that you're, you're off-road, it may be something that, that we may need to talk about. Um, if you got something to write with, I'll give you my email, and you can shoot me an email, and maybe we can chat about this a little bit more. Okay, yep, I can do that. I'll, I'll uh, pull over. I'll ask you a few, a few other things. So um, sure. what I've got in my operation is uh, you were talking to the guy earlier that pulled the containers like, like my operations, doubly worse than that. I think I pull a fifty-three foot rib sided uh-huh. uh, with a tarp on it, uh, uh-huh. the walking floor, mm-hmm. and um, and always, always, uh, I'm probably seventy to eighty percent 
loaded 84,000 all the time. So, so like with my N14, if I, if I hit five, if I average five for the year, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, it's starting to get to where it sounds like with a new setup, like you're talking about, I might could get two miles to the gallon better fuel mileage. Would you think that would be a stretch? Uh, I, I don't think so. I don't think that would be out of the realm of possibilities. I will tell you with, with your weight and the equipment that you're pulling, um, we, we probably actually do want to go to the comprehensive ship package. Um, you may not want to get the 2.16. You may want to back it up to 2.26 with the 14 speed, I think would be a very good fit for you. Um, you know, I've got guys that are running similar operations that are running that type of setup. They're just knocking it out of the ballpark. Um, uh, one guy that's pulling a Conestoga, you know, he went, he went from, you know, similar numbers to what you're seeing to almost nine. Um, obviously I can't guarantee that's going to happen in your instance, but, uh, I think there's room for some pretty big improvement. And, uh, yeah, you definitely, we need to, we need to talk a little bit about this because this is one of those deals where I think, uh, if we step back just a little bit on the, the down speeding part and get you into like a two, two, six with a 14 speed, I think you'll do real well. Okay. All right. I'll stop where I can write down your email right quick. Hey, Rusty, right. check, check your text. Yeah. Um, you may have just gotten a text from Lisa with that email address. Oh yeah, she did send it. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll put that awesome. down. There you go. And get in touch with you. Um, I, if you got a, another minute here, um, sure. So uh, I've been in the same with the same company that's doing the same thing for 20 years, and uh, I've had new trucks, um, and I've and you know back when trucks cost a hundred to a hundred and ten thousand, it wasn't hard to to trade into a new truck. You know after four to five years it always worked well um at this point i'm about ha i'm about to have to re rebuild a lot of things on this 2001 um and it's it's almost starting to make sense to buy a new truck mm -hmm. um the, the fuel mileage is is you know if i knew fuel was going to stay four and a half plus uh per gallon, it, 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 there's some, there's some additional profits to buying a new truck. Um, and I don't guess I get, I don't guess I'm asking a question here. I guess I'm just trying to bounce stuff off of somebody that's uh, pretty good at talking about these things. If that, uh, I don't know. I guess I'm just uh, debating that it's either, it's either, you know, stick uh, thirty to forty thousand dollars in this when it comes to rear ends. I'm going to need an overhaul pretty soon. Um, I've got a housing cracked on, on a rear end, so it's going to. I'm going to have to have a new housing. Um, so there's. Uh, I'll it's give either you, it's either buy a new one or yeah, I'll, or really. I'll give you work my opinion. Yeah, I'll give you my opinion on this one. And for the most part, I am a big proponent of. When you've got a decent truck or a good truck, keep it. The longer you keep it, the more money you make. It, it, up to a certain point. It, you're probably getting to that point. You know, it, 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 trying to replace a truck every four or five years, I've known people who do that just because they don't 
think they want the troubles of having it longer. You can never make a financial argument for it. I've tried. It doesn't work. But if you can keep a truck eight years, now it starts to make sense at some point. And you're well beyond that. Um, There will be so many advantages to you upgrading to a new modern truck that it really is time for you. Yeah. I, I agree. I've been without a um, payment for so long that it, I know. I know. That peace of mind, even that, even, that, even knowing I, even knowing I'm not as efficient as I should be, the peace of mind knowing that if I have to, you know, take two months off, well, I know. I don't owe anybody I, anything. It, and but, look, uh, if, but I'm also 44, and I expect to be doing this for you know exactly. 30 more years or yeah, 20 it, more years or whatever. You know, so, if you had. Four years left, I'd say, yeah, throw some money into this truck and just keep it. Um, there's there's too many advantages, and I, I get it. And now, if you told me, look, I like to take two months off every winter, and I, well, then that'd be a different matter. But if you're going to be out there working full time anyway, you, I think it's time to upgrade. Yeah. Okay, I've got uh, one time John, this has been years ago, John came on and was talking about a 15-speed with 264s. And that's the only time I ever heard him talk about it. I actually had a couple of 15-speeds, and I liked them. Yeah, Um, there are a couple out there that had lower gears than the 13-speeds did, but then there are some 15-speeds that really didn't have those deep reductions typically that was the reason somebody went to those 15 speeds was for the the deeper reduction that some of them had other than that we don't talk about it much because they they really didn't have any advantage to them um the heavy haulers liked them for some reason but um yeah yeah, and now they're great for starting a load yeah and, and that's why um but now going to the Volvo, you have even far better options than we ever had in any of those 15 speeds. But in my case, if I did choose to rebuild this one, the, the 264 thing, I don't think works for me because of that off-road in the sand. Start yeah, the load. Right. <laughs> but the 15 speed, I wonder if it would. It, it, I, I don't know. I guess I just have to. It comes compare. down. It, yeah, you just have to pull up the the ratios on each individual transmission model and find the one with the lowest that you can find, right? and that's really what it comes down to. And then you can actually calculate startability and gradeability to see if it's going to work. Yeah, I think I'll do that. Uh, one one more thing on the uh, TC engine: Is there any reason you can't put a PTO on that transmission and engine setup? You absolutely can. There's no issues that way at all. Is that is that an engine run PTO as opposed to off the bottom of the transmission? I think you can do either or. Okay. Good. And you, you're talking. I, I figured availability would start getting better, but y'all are, it sounds oh, like y'all are kind of leaning it, towards the other. It might get <laughs> worse. Direction. I, I think I just, <laughs> I think I just saw somebody post that they ordered a new Volvo. It's not going to be built till 2024. Well, and that's I, the other I, thing. How, how long does a guy want to step out there? Def- and, yeah, definitely. 
check with your dealers. Some dealers are having fleets, you know, that have canceled and they've got openings. It, Others do not. So if you go to the first dealer and they said, no, nothing, no 2024, definitely start calling around because right. it's going to be different with every dealer you talk to. And sometimes it's just well, luck, they, are luck of the draw. Gonna be more available? You happen to catch a dealer on the same day that they just had a fleet cancel 10 build spots. So it, it's just sometimes pure luck. Yeah. Uh, you got to get out there, make those phone calls and pound on doors. Um, used trucks, it, that market is still way tighter than I think it should be. And people are still selling trucks for way more money than I think they're worth. Really expensive. I yeah, mean, they're, they're still seeing four, 400,000 mile trucks for almost a hundred grand. Exactly. If not more. Uh, well, I did, and I know it was a little more custom, and it, it had some cool stuff. But I just saw a '99 selling for a hundred and forty thousand dollars. Ouch! I know Ouch. It's, the prices on used trucks are still stupid, and I I would have thought that would have changed by now. It actually started to come down a couple months ago, but then it kind of stopped, and so. Mm-hmm. At some point, there's going to be a lot more availability of used trucks, and I think the price is going to come down. But it's kind of like a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I keep expecting some of these prices to ease up a little bit, and they're just not. Yeah. All right. Well, that gives me some things to think about. Thank you, Joe. I'll reach out to you. And, uh, yeah, do that. that. We'll, yep, we'll have a, we'll have a are, chat about are it. You, see what we can do for you. Are you starting uh, on your alpha driver's deal? Are, are you uh, trying to get like a fee-based program set up to where you'll help us spec things? Uh, or how, I, you know, I, I've been kicking this around for for owner operators and small fleets. Typically, I, I set my alpha drivers testing and consulting up to work with the OEMs and component suppliers. I, I do get these requests all the time. I mean, I, actually, I'm getting overrun by requests. People wanting help. So, yeah, at some point, I got to figure something out. There's no doubt. I just haven't had time to really focus on it. But um, you know, that'll be something that I I, I do relatively relatively quickly, yeah. hopefully, and get this figured out yeah. how, how how I want to do it. There's a, definitely a uh, a need for that. If, yep. If, uh, yep. If people like you would have been around, you know. 20 or 30 years ago, he, uh, he was made a big difference in people's <laughs> retirement fund. He's, he's a little older yeah, than absolutely. 30. He was around 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but I didn't know him. That's right. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Right, y'all have a good day. All right. Thanks for the call. Thanks. Joel, that's going to take care of the calls. I have two uh, topics for Freaky Friday. I'm just going to throw out. Um, one of them health-related, mm-hmm. one of them trucking-related. Um, so you know how I was doing the thing about the whole testosterone levels in men and why men don't seem to be really mm-hmm. men anymore, and we seem to have these mm-hmm. the soy boys. And, you know, I, I've been talking mm-hmm. about that for several years now, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Have you seen... Uh, Tucker Carlson's show, Tucker Carlson Originals. I, I caught I caught that walking through the the living room, and uh, I saw that with when you're going to talk about is the lowering it, testosterone is it that level. Or yeah. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I saw that. 
I thought of, I thought of Kevin right off yeah, the bat. I, I said, "Hey, look, I, <laughs> Kevin's been preaching this." So, I know, yeah, absolutely. You're, Tucker Carlson did a whole long format documentary on this. I haven't watched it yet. I think I'm going to watch it this weekend. Yeah, if um, um, I'll see if I can find it too. I, I definitely want to watch it because I yeah piqued my curiosity. <laughs> yeah. I heard that. I was like, okay, I, I got to watch this. So yeah. definitely. Then the other thing I saw, and we'll see if this actually comes true. It's not far away. Tesla says they're going to ship their electric mm-hmm. trucks in December. Pepsi's getting some. Yeah, that's that's what I hear. It'll be interesting to see if um, you know all the hype is true. If it's any better than than anybody else's, um, you know all the all the OEMs have really worked hard at it. Uh, I think Freightliner and Volvo are probably the two current OEMs that are way out in front of everybody. Um, uh, so yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how these things perform. Yeah. No and doubt about it. Then just because this is the kind of goofy stuff he does, he tweeted the other day about his cyber truck. It, that thing is still, I guess it's mm-hmm. going to, ha- I, I still think the whole thing was a joke. I uh, either it's not going to happen <laughs> at all. <laughs> Or when he brings it out, it's not going to look anything like that goofy truck that they keep showing us. It looked like something off Battlestar Galactica back in the day that they'd be driving around. It's like, okay. They they actually, I saw there was was some Nintendo 64 game, I think, that had a truck that looked just like that in there. You know how they did the computer-generated graphics and they were all blocky looking? And it, yeah, they they showed uh, yeah, one that yeah. looked exactly <laughs> like his cyber truck. But he tweeted that that it floats. Uh, okay, so which is kind of funny. We'll I, I know, right? Yeah. It's kind of kind of funny. But what's even worse is the government is like giving him a hard time about tweeting that. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jesus, I know, I know. That's the come on, exactly. Come <laughs> <Wow>. on, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it it either floats or it doesn't. But who cares? I mean, he tweeted it. So what? <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Oh, now I definitely got to look into this thing. I'm going to do some digging. Yeah, exactly. So I can find out. Yeah, uh, I want a truck that floats, man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All awesome. right. Yeah. Uh, anything awesome. else? Are we ready to wrap this up? Uh, you know what? I've got a bunch of stuff I got to do today, so I'm ready to wrap. If you are, if we don't have anybody else on the line, let's uh, let's call it a day. We'll do. All right, we're gonna wrap this up. Everybody have a great weekend. We will see you back here. On, oh, hold on a second. <sighs> hey, Joel, if you need to run, you could run if you wanted. I just saw we have two calls. I wasn't paying attention. Let's take them. All right, we'll take them. Um, Lisa's screening one right now. It looks like uh, looks like our buddy from Down Under. Can you call New Zealand Down Under? All right. I know we usually reserve that for sure, Australia, why not? but they're close enough, right? <laughs> I mean, they're both Down Under from where we are. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Let's. Uh, you won't get any argument from me. <laughs> there you go. Let's. <laughs> now I can grab it, Paul. What's on your mind today? I'm still waiting for my picture of your lift axle 
uh, the garden. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I forgot all about that. Um, that's we'll get that know, for you. I know, I know you're busy. Uh, I know you're busy so put it on your list. But yep. one, one other question I had. So mm-hmm. something oddball like I do with the short rubber and ugly aerodynamics and all that other crap going on. Mm-hmm. How long would it take to spec out a truck for me? Like the exact specs if I did buy a Volvo. It won't won't take me any longer than what it normally does. I'll have a few more questions for you, but uh, we could definitely do that. Yeah, because the the more I hear about it, the more I kind of like it. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking seven miles to the gallon would be better than 5.6. Hey, there you go. Absolutely. There you go. Absolutely. Those are big gains financially, too. Yeah, I worked it out on paper, and and that was that was that was at last week's fuel price. I didn't allow for the seventy cents. Seventy cents. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. I'm 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 going south on I forty five, and uh, I've just seen one of those blue, um, Waymo, Waymo trucks, the the autonomous ones. Yeah. Which you see them mm-hmm. going up and down here all the time, but. I was talking to a guy the other day, and I said, if Joel and Kevin saw those trucks going up and down the road, they go, well, just look at that crap on the top. That's ruined the aerodynamics. There's a lot of stuff <laughs> up there. Stuff- it's big, too. Yeah, and it sticks It stick, It sticks. out ugly. It's like oh, it's all- stick a billboard here with yeah, two five-gallon buckets. It's all over the place. It sticks out the sides, up the top. It is just ugly. See, I think, I think what, but, I think what no. they're planning on, because it's autonomous and they can run it probably 24 hours nonstop, they're going to be able to lower the speed of the truck. That's a good point. And, and aerodynamics gonna, won't matter as yeah, much. Right. right, right. Yep, that's what, what I would assume they've got in mind until they can package that stuff smaller and a little more aerodynamically. They're probably just going to slow the truck down, and that's how they're going to overcome that. You know what, I, I, I see them all the time going up and down I-45 here. And uh, one day I thought, I was in a hurry, so I, I passed one of them. And I thought, I should be an a-hole. I'll pull in front of it and make it slow down. <laughs> <laughs> just mess with it. Yeah, just see what, just mess with it. Yeah, it but the, the driver's still sitting in the seat, but he'd be going, damn truck, slowing my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've... I've I've got to get used to that in my when I'm in my Kia Stinger now because I've never had a vehicle that has as many features as that thing. Well, I mm-hmm. I might be driving and I got the cruise set on seventy five, and then next thing you know, oh yeah, I'm only doing sixty eight because I yeah. got the guy yep. in front of me. But I yep. haven't got used to that yet. So, well, uh, right, that's all I had. All right, that's all we need. Awesome. Um, hey, Joel, one more story real quick. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's sure. looking at buying a Volvo truck. We're obviously talking a lot about Volvo. So way, way back when I did a tour with Volvo. Volvo was one of my first sponsors on my uh, when I was doing seminars. And mm-hmm. so I did a tour with them. It was actually when I met uh, Mike Beckett. He did the tour as well. So Volvo mm-hmm. had just come out with, was it the auto shifts? I think it may have been the auto shift transmissions they were trying to highlight. 
so they put together mm-hmm. this tour. We had like four different uh, Volvo truck models, and they took a, a moving trailer, the drop belly moving trailers, and they built a classroom in it, you know, presentation stuff up mm-hmm. front. It had like 12 really, really nice uh, captain's chairs, you know, to sit in the trailer and watch these presentations. Uh-huh. And they hired me to be on the tour and just do business training, you know, teach owner operators how to make more mm-hmm. money. They had Mike out there te- doing alignments out in the parking lot. And we hit, mm-hmm. was it, uh, I don't think it was Flying J. It was one of the truck stop chains. I don't remember which one now. Um, we hit almost every one of their locations around the country. It was, it was several months. Wow. And originally they had wanted yeah. me to be on the whole tour. I'm like, I have a business to run. I can't just leave for a couple months. <laughs> so I was actually flying right. in and out of each. Uh, Mike had stayed with them with the trucks quite a bit, but I remember, ah, gotcha. and I tried to tell them, guys, look, this is a really bad idea. I've done this before. It almost never works. Um, you just can't get any interest. And they're like, well, we're right at the truck stop. They're right there. And I'm like, yeah, but they didn't know you were coming. It's not like they have a couple hours to kill looking at your trucks. I I said, I just don't think you're going to get a lot of interest. And I'm, I'm doing seminars. So we were down uh, near new Orleans. um, And I'm supposed to be doing a seminar. I have one person there. And that's Mm -hmm. it. So, all right, I'm going to do my seminar Mm -hmm. for one person. But I did. And I I mean, I, we ended Mm -hmm. up talking for like four hours. The guy turns out he was a a small fleet owner. He had five trucks, all three 79 Pete's, all big cat power, Mm -hmm. 18 speeds. I mean, Mm -hmm. this was classic owner operator specs, all getting, you know, low five mile to the gallon numbers. And I said, look, without even trying, we could get your average up to seven and a half without even trying. And Mm -hmm. I said, let's go through the math on five trucks and what kind of money we're talking about in savings. He actually bought five trucks. He bought five new Volvos. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he did. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. Where you think, you think you don't have a hope in hell of making a sale. Right? Yeah. It by, so that's cool. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. We're, uh, we're going to wrap this up. Let you get on with your day. Thanks as always. And, uh, we're going to have to beat up John. If he's not here next week, I think that's we're going to fire gonna say. him. Yeah. It, it, Yep, yep. We're gonna we'll have to have a stern talking <laughs> with him. That's right. That's right. All right, Joel. Have a great weekend. Awesome. We'll talk to you next week. You too, Kevin. All right. Be safe. Sounds good. Thanks. Be profitable. Bye. Be fit yep. and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.